You're listening to a Rock Candy podcast. I've got a great idea, you guys. Magpod! Magpod? Are you crazy? Coming to you from Magnified Studios, Magnified Pod presents Pods from the Penalty Box, a nostalgic sampling of skate punk albums from the 90s Christian alternative scene. Join us in the pit. I'm Andrew. I'm John. And this is our podcast. It is. John. Andrew. How are you doing? Good, man. It's a special day for you. Oh yeah! Oh shit! What what's what's going on today? As we're recording, it's Andrew's birthday. Happy birthday! Yeah. Yeah, what yeah, better yeah. way to spend it than bullshitting with me? That's right. Wouldn't have it any other way. You're like last week when we were recording. You're like, oh, it's your birthday. I don't know. Do you want to like? We can do it another week. I'm like, I'm like, I'm not gonna be doing anything. This right, is like, yeah. and honestly, this is. There's nothing really else I'd rather be doing on a Thursday night. Yeah, man. And hanging with hanging with a bro. Hell yeah. Talking, talking punk rock. Burn playing out, some games. Burn out on your birthday with a bro. That. Uh. What do you? I, is that a? Is that a? Is that a weed joke, bro? Getting burned <laughs> out with your bro. The reference to the Slick Shoes album we're covering today. Oh yeah, that's right. And a weed joke. Uh, and weed. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm a Christian. I don't. I don't. Smoke. All right. Yeah. My bad. <laughs> That's both of those things are, are not true. <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyway, yes. Yeah, so today we are going to be talking burnout, the second tooth and nail release, uh, mm-hmm. LP release from California Christian skate punk band Slick Shoes. Uh, this is their 90, 98, uh, LP, but you know what, John, we're not going to, we're not going to get there just yet. We've got some other stuff. Yes. Other stuff to discuss, but first, John, I'm a little, I'm a little parched. (laughs) Oh yeah. Uh, Yeah. uh... I need, I I need to crack open it. Wait, what, what is this beer that I have in front of me? Do you have a hashtag Meg beer? I have a hashtag Meg beer. Me too, bro. Uh, this is the third installment. Oh man! Of of Meg beers on Mag Meg from Pod. Monterey. Meg from Monterey coming through over and over, over and over again, hitting us up with the tastiest, crispiest of local brews from California. Mm. And this time, we got some discretion brewing. That's right. Uh, I'm drinking a Hugo Nuevo, a hazy IPA. Nice. And the can can art is dope. It's got a uh, a dude who's like tagging on a wall, and the the looks artwork cool. looks like that's what he like spray painted. It's really cool. Dope. What do you got? Uh, I'm about to crack open a Ricky Tartan sour ale from uh, mm. Alvarado Street Brewing. Okay, Which, yeah, we've had some, uh, we she have. said some stuff. Yeah, I think yeah. that was the whole impetus behind this whole thing is we said, like, yes. some brewery. And she was like, that's that Alvarado was, Street Brewing. Yeah, I think it was from the first episode so. of... There we go. 
of the last season where I asked if something was a ska band or a beer. Right. Um, oh. Yeah, they're from Monterey. I believe she sent both of us a hot bebop IPA from Discretion Brewing in Santa Cruz. Uh, she's got a dope trumpet on the on the art. Yeah, gotta um, pick it up, bro. Gotta pick it hey. up. She, hey, cheers, cheers, man. Happy birthday. Thanks, bro. Thank you. Clink. Um, yeah, and shout out mm. to Meg, not only for being so generous, um, but also for paying attention to our specific beer tastes, because she sent me a sour. <laughs> she sent me the, uh, the IPA that we both got, and she sent me a Public Enemy Baltic Porter, which you know I love my my dark beers, my weird beers, from Dust Bowl Brewing in Turlock. So, mm. uh, She also sent us both uh, a Meg's Mom homemade uh, ska mask, uh, <laughs> which is very comfortable, fits very well, looks cool. Yes. So yes. shout out to Meg I and wore, her mom. Yeah, I wore it out today to go to the post office and, you know, felt I was rocking the mask in style. Right. Excited to go home and drink a hashtag Meg beer. Yeah, man. On my birthday, feeling the love, Sounds hanging great. with a bro. That's you right. Know, it's feeling good. Feeling good. Feeling good. Thank you, Meg, as always. Thank very, you. Thank you very so much. Sweet. Yes. If anybody um, else wants to send us beers, that's fine too. Um, <laughs> but we'll always appreciate Meg's the most. <laughs> <laughs> yes. She's, uh, you know, OG, OG beer, beer center. Mm. Um, John, I, I uh, speaking of other shout-outs, uh-huh. I would be remiss if I didn't talk about February 4th uh. and the day, the day that I share with many people. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so before this, before this, uh, <laughs> we started recording, your wife, Jenny, came on and wished me a happy birthday. And she's like... She's like, congratulations for sharing a birthday with civil rights legend Rosa Parks. And I'm like, I had I had nothing to do with it. But but she just also kept spitting out all Maybe this people. like trivia, like birth birthday trivia. She's like, oh, I also share a birthday with who who does she did she say she shared a birthday with? Somebody I don't remember what she she somebody shares a birthday with um Fannie Lou Hamer, she said. Yeah, uh, there was a lot of names coming. Alicia Silverstone, yeah. maybe she said Alicia. she shared a birthday with. Yeah. <laughs> yes, um, but I was I decided I wanted to run down a list of who mm. I shared a birthday with. But uh, John, since I mean, know you're a big, big cinephile, big, mm. big film buff. George A. Romero shared hey. a birthday with that with that bro. I hope no zombies show up. Get a uh, get him on the pod. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, <laughs> Um, I, I, do you think, do you think, uh, getting, getting, uh, the ghost of George Romero on the pod would be, <laughs> would, I think that'd be appropriate if we got the zombie of George Romero on the pod. Sounds pretty good to me. Yep. Uh, Alice Cooper, another, another sure. share with that, with that dude. Uh, also shout out to Natalie and Bruglia. Mm. Uh, Australian musician known mm-hmm. for her cover of the song "Torn." Who did the original uh, "Torn"? Uh, yeah, you know, let me let me see. Uh, I think originally... it was Slick Shoes. I'm seeing. <laughs> it's 
Let's see. It was by Liz Sorensen. That's what I'm seeing. <laughs> and then um, I don't think that was the name of the band that that covered Edna, it. Uh, Edna Swap. That's that's right. That's right. That's right. Uh, I I do prefer. I don't know. Maybe it's because I heard Natalie and Brugley's first, but I do prefer for hers. So uh, shout out to Natalie Bruglia on her 46th, <laughs> 46th birthday. Get her on the pod. Get her, get her on the pod. Season four. Natalie Season, and Podlia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cold and I am shamed lying naked on, this <laughs> on the pod. pod. <laughs> <laughs> done and done. Oh, yeah. Man. Um, John, so other than, uh-huh. other than my birthday and Natalie Bruglia and Meg oh. Beers, we have a little bit of a controversy mm. to discuss. Do tell. So last week, for those who, this is the kind of stuff that you miss if you don't <laughs> listen to the first half of the mm-hmm. pod. So we had the first game of the season. I'm just going to break this down for everybody. If they don't remember, the first game of the season I gave John a uh, a quiz about mm-hmm. essentially about '80s pop culture, and there was one of the questions that I was asking about. It was about uh, our boy Sean Astin, and I gave you four four little bits of trivia, and one of them was fake, and you needed to determine which one was I made up, mm-hmm. and. You were off to a good start. <laughs> you you sussed out which ones you're like, ah, A and D, those sound those sound like those are those are real. And then somewhere halfway through, you flipped the logic in your mind. <laughs> right. And even though you were logicking your way through to the right answer, and I tried to help you out, you flipped something and you ended up choosing the wrong answer Mm. and uh and then on twitter (laughs) on monday uh mickey and danny stairs Mm -hmm. and um shit there were a few others getting in the mix yes uh there was chris stein getting in the mix uh and mickey was arguing that you should have gotten a point Danny Stairs was arguing not only should you uh, not get a full point, you shouldn't even get a half point that we did give you. You should get zero points. Why why do we keep this guy on retainer as our attorney? (laughs) Bunch of bullshit. Right? So I put up a a poll, and there were only nine people that voted in this poll, which, come on, guys. Uh, But it was a three-way tie. Three people thought half point, three people thought full point, and three people thought no points. And there were other people who on uh, uh I did I also did this on Instagram and Chris Stein said no. Uh Mickey's like you deserve a full point since the intention was there. That was, that was a, um, a 54 yes to 46 no over an Instagram. So just saying. Yes. The people are with me. <laughs> well, not on not on 
Twitter, they're not. So Twitter. I don't know. This is once Trump was off Twitter, I I gave up on it. <laughs> You're like, well, where am I going to get my where am I going to get my daily dose of face palming from? That's right. Um, yeah, and I believe I told you before we'd even posted anything on social about it that my friend texted me and he was like, I loved Andrew's game. I also got tripped up on that answer. So I understand why you answered incorrectly. So I'm just saying, I don't, I mean, I, I, okay, look. And so here's what we're going to be doing in a little bit because we have another game. And this was, this comes from a suggestion from Mickey. She said, look, you're, I'm just reading these to you. And so I sometimes have to repeat the answers and so yeah, you're, you, you might have to kind of retain the question and some of the answers that I'm giving. So instead I'm going to share the screen All right. with the questions. So that way you can read the questions for yourself and then going forward, we're not going to, we won't have a controversy over any of this because you know apparently mickey thinks your comprehension skills are so low Look, that you mickey you need she's she's much more passionate about this than me i didn't really care she <laughs> seemed to be very invested in it <laughs> which i appreciate um i appreciate your your defense on my behalf and i will say she's she's correct i certainly process things uh written much better than i do uh an audio way. Um, so, you know, I think justice has been served. Um, finally, things are kind of on an even playing field and maybe I'll get a five out of five this time. That's right. Um, we'll see. This is, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know how much more challenging this game is than <laughs> last week's, but, mm. you know, we'll, we'll mix it up. Um, but what what's funny is that there's uh we got a, a tweet about that came from the game. Our dude Jason Maxwell over on Twitter mm-hmm. said there was a strange podcast convergence this week. Inseminoid was brought up in a quiz on Night Attack this week. Mm. I went from never having heard of the movie to two references in a week. Mm, it's Inseminoid's time. Yeah, I guess, you know, like I had I'd never heard of it either until I started researching the quiz. Mm-hmm. And I said that I still have no interest in actually watching that movie <laughs> because it's, it sounds like a full on bummer, mm-hmm. but we do have some potential Patreon watch alongs that That's we're right. discussing Yeah, man. either, whether it's bad taste or UHF, I mean, I love me some UHF, bro. Uh, me too. God, I mean, we might need to do a. That would be pretty fun. That would be fun. I would love. I would love to do that. It's, so uh, anyway, are we? Are we gonna? We're gonna have to bury this controversy. I think so. I think we're ready to move along, Mickey. I appreciate your advocacy. I think um, the powers that be have listened, and um, you know, you can make a change. <laughs> Yeah, we we will we want this to be as fair as possible. Yeah. And I want to give I want to give John every chance. I appreciate to, it. To crush these. I'm not trying to I'm not trying to pull any fast ones. I'm not trying to have any cheap shots. I don't know. 
I genuinely want John to do well in these quizzes. I'm not trying yeah. to. There's a know, lot of money right on it for me usually. Um, so <laughs> yeah. it means a lot. I don't know. Do you want to? Do you want to have like a phone a friend option? Oh, that here? could be good. Yeah. Um, do you yeah, want to? Do you want to call? Do you want Mickey to be your phone a friend? Your might, permanent yeah. phone a friend? I think so. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know if we'd have to. We'd have to make sure. I don't know. Maybe she'd have to join the Zoom call or something because I just want to make sure she wouldn't be pulling any shenanigans by looking up answers. Fair, fair enough. Um, you know, yeah, maybe uh, since she's a Patreon punk, that'll be fine. But that can be a a tier as you get to be a phone a friend. Um, <laughs> what an honor! <laughs> <laughs> yes, the the lowest. Yeah, that that it's like that that sort of tier level. It's like that. <laughs> nobody nobody's going to be like oh i was gonna i was going to only do like five dollars a month but oh i get to be john, john's phone a friend on one of those <laughs> shitty quizzes <laughs> sign me up <laughs> sign, sign me up bro um shout out to this ricky tartan sour by the way it is it is delicious thank you big what's what is the kind of the fruit flavor or like sourish what are the flavor profiles it is a Raspberry Ricky inspired, hence the Ricky Martin pun. Imperial Kettle Sour Ale with raspberries and lime, nine percent ABV. Wow, ooh, it's John's it's delicious. Lit. Hey, hey, you know it's your it, birthday. I think <laughs> I remember one time at your place you had some beer offerings, and I think it was like a like a lime sea salt oh yeah sour something and it sort of tasted like the ocean to me mm, sounds great to me i don't know what your problem is <laughs> i'm not i'm not i don't have any problems you're just uh your your palate is more of an adventurous palate mm, i think I'm, you're talking about the dogfish head sequench ale which is that's, bliss that- <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Blissfully brewed with lime juice, lime peel, black limes, and sea salt. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe that's why I was thinking. I was thinking it's like this feels like it would be hanging out on the on the beach. Yeah. Sitting under an umbrella, hot day. Yeah. Which, by the way, sounds <laughs> pretty not, amazing to me. Yeah, it's about to right be cold now. as hell in our region. Yeah. We are about to get pummeled mm-hmm. with, I mean, the East Coast is getting obliterated right now, or at least yeah. did recently with snow. And uh, this weekend, we are, uh, it's, well, starting tomorrow, where the temperature's dropping precipitously, and we're going to be down into... The single digits and negatives for the pretty much the next week. Yep. I don't know about you in the in the Chicago area, but it's pretty close to that. The lows are in the negatives. Um, yep. It's that wind chill you got to look out for. No, our mm. our highs, our highs uh, uh, this next week. So Sunday, the high is negative three. <laughs> That's Minnesota, baby. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So on Sunday, the high is negative three, and uh, and it's going to feel like with the wind chill, it's going to feel 
like that's at its lowest is going to feel like negative 31. Ooh. Yeah. Minnesota, baby. Midwest life. Maybe, uh, maybe crack that faucet just a little bit. So those pipes don't freeze up. Yeah. Bundle up. Put Kevin in a little winter coat. Um, she would hate that a lot, (laughs) but I, 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 I fully plan on, um, I fully plan on just cuddling Kevin all weekend. Sounds great. Because she's, when it gets cold, when she gets cold, she's like, she needs that body time. And she's been doing this, she's been doing this thing lately where, I mean, she needs that body time. Yeah. Yeah, bro. I need that body time. I'm like, but but no, bro, for real. I need that body time. I'm <laughs> this this pandemic is going on far too long. I think we have a new uh, Magpod shirt uh, catchphrase. <laughs> Magpod, get that body time. Need that body time, bro. <laughs> need that body time, bro. Uh, um, anyway, no, but like Kevin, like you know, she'll sit on my lap or she'll like rest on my chest. But lately, she's been doing this thing where she'll like stand. Like I'll be sitting on the couch and she'll stand next to me and just sort of like lean against me. Aww. Like she'll be like leaning against me and like looking up at me. So she's like not like on me. She's like next to me, like leaning her body against mine, which is That's wonderful. <laughs> which is a new a new deal. Oh man. Uh, if you people thought I was done crying about my dog being dead, you are dead wrong. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> That's where I'm at. I'm so, I'm, I was I'm like, sorry. I want somebody leaning on me sounds wonderful. <laughs> um, you know, we can move on. We can move on from that. That's okay. Um, <laughs> I wish Kevin many good standing next to you over the next few days. Yeah. Yeah. It's I mean, she normally is resting <laughs> on the radiator. Mm. I, I put a blanket. I put a blanket on the radiator on the top of it, so she can just like permanently have a great. warm cuddle spot. Uh, I would like to lay on a giant radiator with a blanket on it. Sounds great. Oh gosh, yeah. <laughs> one of the one of the greatest gifts I have received in recent months is an electric blanket. Oh yeah, that was the best, bro. Oh man, I never knew what I was missing for my life until we, I got um, an, an electric blanket. We were we were hanging out in our little patio so much this year because that's like, you know, all we can do for entertainment in COVID times. And we got four electric blankets, just set a power strip mm-hmm. out. So if anybody come over, we could just distance cozy with our blankets and hang out all night. It's great, dude. Oh, so good. Um, so speaking of electric blanket, it was, a a gift from Lauren and we, uh, so we should transition to talking about Lauren for a second. Yes. Because, um, Lauren is a very important person in my life. She mm-hmm. is my girlfriend, somebody, <laughs> This is a nineties by the bell. Yeah, <laughs> we uh, no, we we started uh, dating back in October, and uh, met her because of 
you know, it was just that that classic that classic trope, you know, mm-hmm. boy meets girl because of you know nineties third wave Christian ska band. You know, you know how that you know how that story goes. Oh, another but, way Five Iron has been involved in the intimate details of our lives. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, it's it is it is a wild a wild thing to think like how wonderful this community is and how many friends and people that have like grown close to because of five iron frenzy um but yeah so lauren sent me that that electric blanket but if you go over to our magnifiedpod.storeenv.com store the new magpod logo merch like the magpod in the square the Mm. open up you know open up that pit yeah. Agpod logo. Uh Lauren designed those for us. Hell yeah. So so uh wanted to shout out her for for doing that just just because. And yeah, man. It looks dope. And it does look dope. That, uh, yeah. Lauren is rad. These designs she's made are rad. We have lots of cool stuff in the merch shop. Go check it out. We got that dope season three artwork on a few things too. So that new get that merch, those new coffee mugs. Hey, it's looking those good. Those look good. The colors came out real good. Um, Wait, thank John. you, Lauren. Hey, hello, John. What's what's this? <laughs> Ooh, what I have them. Andrew's pointing to a framed vinyl-sized uh, poster of the season three artwork that he's got up in his wall, looking great. If you would like one of those, mm-hmm. pick one up right in that shop. Yeah. It's a, I mean, the, the colors look great. The quality of the, of the paper that it's printed on is great. I bought like uh, one of those vinyl record sized frames on Amazon for like 10 bucks or something to throw it in there. And it looks cool. It looks great. It's great. The colors came out real good. I might have to buy uh the season two artwork too and get another one just like put all season, get get all the seasons on yeah man on my wall here it's like our our lps that's right man i'm really i'm really proud of the season's artwork you know we yeah. gotta uh, we always shout out our boy heavy ordinance studios at the end but like yeah i just think it looks really sick it really does um anyway so we were talking about listeners and friends, and do we have any voicemails those folks may have sent? Oh, uh, shit. Yeah, bro, we do. <laughs> um, it's called we've a got... Solid Transition. <laughs> that is, that's what you call in the game, in the pod biz, <laughs> mm-hmm. a solid transition. Yep. John Potter, he's a pro. <laughs> that's right. That's what people say. Uh so last week during our episode okay so i need i need to say two things so during our rusty episode we talked we talked about um by what right we, we talked about box. that we opened up the box uh this one's called the box food line but <laughs> so here's the thing and i don't know why i didn't think about this until danny stares pointed this out to me hmm. so we, we were like this new segment called the box and we were thinking about it 
as a let's talk about a let's talk about the box in this sort of like we're opening up Pandora's box. Let's talk about something a little bit controversial. And Danny stares was like thought that we were going to be talking about putting a song in the penalty box. Like uh, this song is done. We're putting it's it's you get off the ice. You're done. We're putting you in the box. I suppose that makes sense since we have box in our title too, but whatever. <laughs> yes. And I'm like, why didn't I? I'm like, I literally <laughs> didn't even make that connection yeah. once. Well, He's like, that's what I thought you were doing. I'm like, yeah, that probably makes a little more sense, but we've already committed to. I the, mean, the, we can shift things around. This is a, this is a living document. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> yeah. Many, many people are saying that Magpot is like the constitution. Yeah. It's a living, it's a living document. It's true. But anyway, Danny Leary, uh, has a voicemail about rock for life. Hello, this is Danny of popular sitcom, too many Danny's calling <laughs> about rock for life. So they've come up on our show. Am I allowed to plug it? Am I? It's yes. April. April's knocking stuff over in the middle of my voicemail. <laughs> That's their dog. Rude, April. Am I allowed to <laughs> plug our show, Sadie Hawkins Pod, in the middle mm-hmm. of your brand new season? Uh, oh they've come God. up. Rock for Life has come up on our show recently because, um, just like Jason mentioned, they used to go to every Christian festival and Soul Fest and set out Soul Fest was one of them. And couple months ago someone else who grew up in new england like me sent me this sweet ass footage of reliant k playing the main stage at soul fest in like 2002 or something and there's like rare songs in there that otherwise aren't found online and they were like can you not share this footage publicly and i was like sure yeah you know just send it to me and then i was like i wonder why they don't want me to share it publicly well because there's a big like homicide uh excuse me a homicide is homicide but the sign said abortion is homicide like a abortion is homicide sign right in front of the drums which i (laughs) it flooded back to me that was there for most of the day because like rock for life like somehow got to like sponsor the stage aside from just having their booth there that year and then jessica recently was going through a bunch of my old buttons and she found like all the ones that said like abortion is homicide, abortion is mean. And Jessica was like, oh my God, why do you have these? <laughs> Jessica was not part of like the larger evangelical yes. American pop culture thing. So she had no idea, right? Right. <laughs> yeah. So thanks a lot, Rock for Life, for making it so we can't share this awesome footage. That's their legacy. <laughs> A fair take, man. Yeah, that um, that's a bummer. You know, like I, uh, it, it makes me wonder, like, how many of the bands were just like personally, maybe just dis- like if any of them like disagreed, if they're just like, this is the stage. I'm just gonna separate from like whatever. Yeah. I'm just playing the stage. I'm not doing whatever. But yeah, that's. I wonder if that uh, that's something that like Reliant K doesn't want out there, or 
Yeah. I can't imagine it's the kind of thing that a lot of bands would be super psyched about uh, coming out today. Um, (laughs) Nope. I can't remember if I shared this on the pod or not, but um, my beloved David Bazan of Pedro the Lion uh, was once going to open for Slater Kinney, also one of my favorite bands, on a tour. They're both from the Pacific Northwest. But at some point, Slater Kinney was alerted to the fact that Pedro the Lion had played a rock for life show at a certain point. And Dave Bazan was like, no, I promise. Like, I didn't want to be at that thing. Like, I don't want to be associated with that. I'm, I'm with you on this uh, politically. And they were like, sorry, we, we don't want somebody who played that. So I'm sure there were people who were a part of those things who like, didn't really uh, endorse the, the whole arrangement. I mean, you gotta imagine that like, if every band that ever played at a festival that had rock for life there, like, yeah. And you got, you got to kind of like look at the whole picture of someone's career. Like is Dave Bazan an active, you know, pro life. I mean, this was also like 20 years ago, so they didn't have a ton to go on in their defense. Um, but yes, yeah. I, I'm with you. And I'm also like, you know, to Jessica's point, uh, Danny, uh, if somebody who who has no involvement with that hears about it and is like, rock for life, abortion is homicide. You're like, what is this? So, yes. and we have to be like, no, it's kind of normal. Like, I don't know, whatever. But like to the outside <laughs> world, it's like, it's definitely not normal. No, no, it is not. It's the the language for us is nowadays you're like oh man that was a weird thing but like for a lot of people be like what the (laughs) right is this yeah exactly yeah um do you know how i know abortion isn't homicide tell me because because people aren't prosecuted and in prison for it hmm so weird take but that's fine (laughs) just kidding very very strange yeah, I, I think abortion uh, is mean. I don't know if I've shared that, but that that's is my that's my take. That's your your official whole complete stance on it. Yeah, it's like uh, I weighed the recommendations of a bunch of like medical groups and like women's advocacy groups, and I just decided abortion is mean. So anyway, uh, anyway, so uh, we got some uh, Danny stairs. Hey, what's up, you beautiful boys? This is your boy Danny Stairs calling in. Uh, finally get a chance to get into this app. I did listen to the first hour or so pre-album um, discussion uh, in the last couple days. Weighed in already on the socials about how John should not get any credit for his wrong answer. But uh, I digress. Uh, my call this time is in response to... <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> Sorry about that. Um, just came out from get shoveling snow. In from shoveling snow. Um, my call this time is to discuss Andrew's reaction to Slick Shoes and just to, just to skate punk in general. Coming from that background of, you know, your decent talk and Michael W. You know, we rocked some Stephen Curtis with, you know, that was just crazy stuff in our house when I was a kid. <laughs> um, and then I got into a little bit of the Christian rock stuff. Um, your newsboys into Bleach, uh, Jars of Clay, uh, Plank Eye I loved for, for a hot minute. Uh, but then the first time I heard skate punk, I was just like, oh, yeah. The rest of this, like, that was, that was all a waste of my fucking time. <laughs> um, and the first for me was MXPX, and it just, 
you know, I, I put it on and it just came over me. And I'm like, yeah, this, I found my home. And, it, you know, I've never, yeah. never left it, uh, unlike some people, but, um, you know, maybe I just haven't grown up. There's a lot of evidence to that as well. So anyhow, I just wanted to say, Andrew, I resonate with that, that, you know, discovering that was kind of a, a point that I can remember really well and just that mm-hmm. reaction to, oh my God, this is so fast. This is so loud. What are they saying? Cause I couldn't tell what they're saying at first. Uh, but I just knew, I knew it was what was for me. So anyhow, I'm going to go now. Just wanted to check in and tell you guys I love you. Mad Pop for life. Thanks, buddy. Um, I'm yeah, trying to think. You know, I was just going to say, I'm trying to think what my first exposure to skate punk would have been. And I guess it would have been Green Day. I mean, right? Mm-hmm. Like when Dookie came out, it was huge for kids our age. And. I think maybe, I don't know if it was, yeah, probably Basket Case. And I was just like, oh, oh, shit. Like, this guy's got blue hair. This sounds mm-hmm. awesome. Like, I think that was yeah. kind of my first taste of this whole world. Yeah, I think it, it for me, it definitely would have been Green Day. Um, but Green Day in the sort of like that, that punk arena, the sort of street, more street punk that... Mm-hmm. California, uh, Northern California, Bay Area. Right. And so maybe some people might take issue with Northern Cal, me calling the Bay Area Northern California. I don't know. Whatever. That, like, so that Bay Area sound of, uh, that, that they're associated with is still distinctly different. Yeah. Than something like, the more Southern California skate yes. punk scene where of like, or even people, you know, bands like lag wagon or, mm-hmm. you know, even bad religion. Yeah. Uh, no effects. Like, maybe no effects. Just like so much fat, like faster, more like what some would even call melodic hardcore. Yeah. That, that kind of faster drums. I, I feel like that's sort of the, yeah um the elements that is and maybe in you know more in the midwest you have maybe bands like screeching weasel that might mm-hmm. be kind of in that in that vein too yeah but I, I i think yeah we discussed at length in the first season about mxpx and our first exposure to them and for me yeah. very much for that, for finding my scene as a Christian, finding music that yep. I felt, this sounds really lame, but like music that to me felt like was speaking to me and felt safe for me to like, like be connected with. Like I didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't identify with, uh, with Green Day. You know, I didn't identify with, you know, uh, that, that's that, those stories and the depression and, and the darkness of what, what Billy Joe was talking about, but like, yeah, the sort of, uh, emo nature of Slick Shoes lyrics and talking about, you know, it's in God's book, but he don't want to look with, with MXPX and, mm-hmm. you know, parents don't understand and that kind of stuff that, that to me is like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I am terrible. Good thing I have Jesus. <laughs> right. Yeah, we definitely talked about the 
the sounds like chart a lot in the first season. Uh, oh, this yeah. chart that said, if you like so-and-so, you'll like so-and-so and how we were like, it, you know, it said, if you like Green Day, you like MXPX. And we were like, that's not really a fair one-to-one. Um, no. But it was my first taste of anything like that, I think. Um, and I knew of, like, older punk rock, but this the super fast version of it, um, even if Green Day isn't isn't exactly that, was, like, my first taste of it. So, but yeah, then I then I got to MXPX and other stuff from there. But, yeah, I don't know. I'm with you, Dan. I... Uh, it does it does hit both of us in a way that it releases uh, endorphins in our brain uh that first were released when we're 13 and it's still the same thing all right here's another here's another danny stairs what's up guys your boy danny stairs just finished uh this week's episode first step of the new season i thoroughly enjoyed it uh, other than my obvious uh, comments i've already made about john not loving this thing that means a lot to me even though it's not really as good as um, the nostalgia makes it for me. Um, but I'm looking forward to the rest of the season, hearing your takes on some of the other things that I enjoy. Um, but, you know, more importantly, uh, it'll be fun for me to hear about a lot of bands that um, kind of like John's story uh, just were on the fringe for me. And I certainly was aware of them. I would hear other ones. I didn't listen to a lot of other bands, famously. Uh, so it'll be fun to hear what, what I missed out on and, and see what's going on out there. Uh, but then also, I, I assume you will sprinkle in some things I did actually listen to. So I'm looking forward to it. Uh, love you guys. I uh, can't wait for next week. Uh, I'll talk to you soon. Magpop for life. Toodaloo, motherfuckers. <laughs> so yeah, for those not who everybody's been season, leaving the... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, not everybody's been leaving the Magpod for life. Uh, we got to... We got to get everybody else back on that. We, we really prefer yeah. voicemails to end that way, I guess. <laughs> yeah, so get it together. Um, so for for people who are maybe new here, uh, Danny Stairs is Magpod OG, and he likes to leave 97 voicemails for each episode. Uh-huh. Uh, but so one of the things he's talking about is like he's, you know, this was not... John, this was not your like for me. I listened to this when it was when it came out, and for you, this was this listening to Slick Shoes is more of a more recent, more right. recent thing. And so, Danny Stairs, as he insinuated and is well known in the Magpod community, likes maybe four bands, <laughs> and <laughs> MXPX and Five Iron are two of those bands, right? Um. So that he, you know, saying that he's kind of excited to see kind of where, what, what you like and what he Mm -hmm. might end up liking, you know, I think that's, I think that's interesting because, you know, we, we're going to be exposing um, ourselves to bands that we like, there's going to be some bands that we're going to cover that weren't big bands for me and like yeah. some albums that like of the band that like I didn't really listen to at the time. So yeah, we might be listening to some uh, Craig's brother and like, I might have like, I listened to a lot of homecoming, but lost at sea is not an album that I really listened to. Mm-hmm. Um, so some of those bands are going to be uh, that's going to be the case. So it's going to be, well, both of us are going to be learning, learning some stuff this season. Hey, but guess who I like? I Who's that? like slick shoes. Uh, yes. So so far so good. 
So far, so good. Crushing it. Uh, Jason. Yo, guys. What's up? It's Jason uh, here in L.A. Uh, welcome, all you new listeners. Uh, this is a great podcast. You guys are going to enjoy it. I'm, I've been Thanks, there buddy. since the beginning, since episode one. MXP, oh, yeah. but, uh, uh, you guys talked about Cabbage Patch Kids. I got a Cabbage Patch Kid <laughs> doll story. Uh, I had a couple of them. Uh, one of them was a bald baby. Um, eventually I found it in my closet in high school and turned it into a punk rock doll. I pierced yes. its nose and yeah. its left ear, uh, for his left ear thing. If you don't know what that means. I was back in the nineties. I had my left yep. ear pierced. Uh, but I put tattoos on it of a Sharpie and, uh, turned it into a punk rock doll. I don't know where it's at right now. I don't know if it's in my storage unit, but punk rock doll. Um, and John, you were talking about, you like bass lines and punk rock, um, Perhaps my favorite bassist of all time, punk rock, Steve Soto, who passed away a couple of years ago, rest in mm. peace, of the adolescence. Mm. If you ever yep. want to hear one of the greatest bass solos, uh, Amita, that song, there's a great bass solo. Check that out. Adolescence, one of the greatest punk bands of all time. And uh, you guys briefly mentioned my doing Supertones. If you do guys do that, I will not listen. Uh, <laughs> Supertones just bugged the living shit out of me. Uh, mainly their fans. Their fans are the most obnoxious fans in the history of uh, of music. So uh, you guys keep up the good work, and uh, we're enjoying Slick Shoes. Uh, looking forward to the next Slick Shoes uh, episode. So I'll see you. Bye. Thanks, man. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Uh, so, Jason, you consider this your encouragement to turn over heaven and earth to find this punk rock cabbage patch doll because that sounds amazing i'm I'm very curious because you said you put tattoos on it with sharpie i'm curious what what the tattoos were like what what did what did you draw like what was it like where was it band stuff was it like a skull like what 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 did you put on it well Um, I will tell you that I did the exact same thing with an Ernie from Sesame Street doll. (laughs) (laughs) And I think I had him from when I was little, but sometime in high school, I put a safety pin through his nose and I put like, um, I drew some, something on his shirt, some band with a Sharpie. And I think I put some tattoos on there and spiked up his hair. So dude, um, that rules that I don't remember. I think I put a skull on as a tattoo. Maybe, um, dude, that's anyway, I, that might John, be we should, uh, we should, uh, I want to, I should look online on eBay, find a, uh, find a cabbage patch doll. And we should, uh, we should, we should make it a mag pod. Hell yeah. Pa- mag pod Patreon punk, like, like, uh, <laughs> like mascot or something. Yeah. Make it like the mag, like mag pod mascot or something like that. That sounds good. And like, maybe you should make and the Patreon punks can like name it. I support that. <laughs> Uh, we got one last. We got one last voicemail. Hey, what's up, Mac Podcast? My name is Adam. Uh, I also have a podcast, so I've been told called called so I've been told where I've had some guests on that uh, kind of intersect with the worlds that you guys talk about on the pod. Uh, so check that out if you're interested. Also. Uh, I'm currently listening to this episode, the new one, and that mixtape idea, the John Hughes movie, is 
pretty similar to a Boy Meets World episode where mm-hmm. Sean finds Angela's purse. Mm-hmm. And I don't think there's a mixtape in there, but there I know that Sean's favorite band is Counting Crows, and there might be something related to that in there. Uh, or I could just be mixing that up with another episode. Uh, oddly enough, I had uh, contacted Danny from City Hawkins Spot and pointed out a Boy Meets World reference that he didn't pick up on in a Reliant K song. So I guess I'm just the Boy Meets World 90s pop punk Christian kid. Anyway, mm-hmm. I really dig what you guys do. Thanks so much for doing it. And uh, Magpod for life. That's yes. right. Thank you, Adam. Did he say the name of his pod? He didn't say the name of his pod. Bro. Adam, call call back and tell us what the name is because we want to shout it out. Or yeah, or hit us up on hit us up on Instagram or something. But yeah, you uh, you buried the lead, bro. <laughs> um, so Adam, one hundred percent. There, I may have. Uh, borrowed a little bit of that concept mm. from that Boy Meets World episode. Big Boy Meets World fan. Big right Boy Meets here. World. Big, he's, a, yeah. he's a big boy. He's a big boy. Um, I am a, I'm a big boy. He's a little I'm, boy. <laughs> yes, he was a, <sighs> I'm a big boy now, but Corey was a little boy and that boy met the world. Mm. Um, Yes, so that was in one of the later seasons. Uh, yes, Sean found Angela's purse, and you know it had like a chapstick and a, and I'm pretty sure it had a CD. And so, like all of the, it was like the the components of the purse were things that made Sean like think that this was his perfect girl. Mm, so it does sound like familiar. I like that concept, but I like the idea of like making making a a love story that was like so rooted in music. Yeah. And like having that music also be the soundtrack to the movie, right. you know? So like have it be a little bit it wasn't it wasn't a John Hughes movie. That was my fake movie idea. Right. For to, just to be just to clarify, that was a that was not that was not one of John Hughes movies, but anyway, isn't that also yeah. kind of the premise of that movie Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist? I believe it's basically this as well. I have no idea. Um, I've never seen that movie. I've seen part of it, but it's like that's a uh, is that is that Michael Sarah? Michael Sarah and Kat Dennings. Um, I seem to remember watching some of it and it being uh, charming, um, but I think it's I think it's essentially the same. The same premise. We'll have to look into that too. Um, but I think both of those okay. things were in my head when I was like, that does sound vaguely familiar, but regardless, it's a good pitch. Um, shout out to Topanga. <laughs> Fuck Topanga. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> no, I'm team. I'm team Lauren the whole way. I just mean that she's attractive <laughs> as, as a uh, young boy. Uh, Topanga <laughs> no, no. was what was up. Yes. Accurate. Danielle Fischel was attractive. However, for the record, uh-huh. I am pro Corey and Lauren. Hey, you know I love Linda Cardellini. She's the best. Oh, I am a, I'm a Linda Stan. 
Like when people, when people ask me, it's like, Oh, so do you have like a, a celebrity crush? Like all of my, all of my, (laughs) (laughs) um, I don't know. It's, I, I don't know why it's like all of my celebrity crushes are women in their mid to late forties. Um, Natalie like Imbruglia. Linda, <laughs> Linda Cardellini is is attractive. Uh, also, I want to shout out. I want to shout out Amy Poehler in this new movie. This new movie that's coming out, Moxie. Yeah, I've been curious about this. It, did you watch the? Did you watch the trailer? Not yet, but I've seen some some stuff about it. Uh, yeah, it looks. It's like she was a. Uh, a punk rock activist right, right, right. when she was younger and uh and so her daughter is like starting her own zine or something in high right, school right. like so it, i don't know it looks it looks really it looks really fascinating and yeah. i think it's based on based on a book mm. um so yeah uh, excited for that were you, um, you know, we talked about the MCU last week, how you're almost entirely caught up. Were you super psyched when you found out that Hawkeye's wife was Linda Cardellini? <laughs> I I was not mad about it. Um, uh, yes, she's, I'm also, bro, we have to talk about, I sent you this, that, you know, the MCU is coming out with all these new shows. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We got to talk about. Talk some Flag Smasher. Uh, Talk flag smasher, bro. That yeah. the uh, the hot Hawkeye and Winter Soldier. I yeah. think that's isn't that or is that that that's what the show is going to be called, right? Falcon and Winter Soldier. Fa- sorry, sorry, sorry. Falcon. Yeah, Falcon it's and Winter like, Soldier. Who's going to take Cap's mantle, kind of thing? Yeah, and uh, and flag smasher and yes. ultimatum. Yes, was both, was both discussed of, on the pod previously. Both discussed on the pod in one of the quizzes in the Marvel in the Marvel quiz that you famously said <laughs> oh man big comic nerd big marvel nerd over here and you did one out of five maybe if i could have read the fucking the worst- questions on the screen i would have gotten them right andrew <laughs> everything about that yeah oh yeah right <laughs> yeah it was that was your poorest showing i think in magpod history those were you hard questions <laughs> you did no i think was it it was uh I think it was that was the one where it's like it was you had to choose whether or not I made up made right, up the right, Marvel right. the Marvel character or something like that, right? Did I say that, that I that, thought Flag that, Smasher was fake? I don't I honestly don't remember. There's there's only I, I think I, there's I, the, I feel like I got that right. I really hope I got that right. I think one it was right. like Captain Radical was the one that you got <laughs> right that I that you made up. Because yeah, the one that I made up, the one that was like a a skateboarder that like fell into like they got like some like radiation like doing some trick off something in a warehouse you had Um, some cool like dark uh hero though that sounded really cool oh i did yeah 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 Uh, anyway what was yeah shout out to that episode (laughs) (laughs) yeah go back and listen to that marvel that marvel quiz episode with a flag smasher and ultimatum (laughs) that and i think it was the like ultimatum was was what threw you off i think because it's like the world's longest uh, acronym <laughs> right 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 yes like I'd less less familiar with like, ultimatum oh yeah underground liberated totally integrated <laughs> mobile army to unite mankind oh man marvel <laughs> never found a an acronym that they couldn't work their way backwards from <laughs> <laughs> yes 
um yeah i think that's that's what um <laughs> threw maybe what, what threw you off it sounds fake john do you have a uh do you do you have a celebrity crush <laughs> I, I just was talking about like who I who my celebrity crushes were, you know, Linda Cardellini, Amy Poehler, who I unequivocally have a crush on Amy Poehler. So yeah, so no, who, same. I don't know if I have a go-to crush. Growing up, it was Claire Danes uh, because of my so-called life. Um, but uh, I don't know. I'll have to. Uh, I don't know. I don't really have a go-to. No, sorry. That I mean that's okay. Like. Do you know? Do you know who else is one of my uh, celebrity crushes? Who's that? Helen Mirren. Hey, Helen Mirren, looking great. Well into seventy-five years old. Seventies. Yeah, seventy-five. She's killing it. But like, <laughs> get her on the pod. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, Helen Mirren. When did you first hear of Slick Shoes? Old school tooth and nail fan. <laughs> <laughs> she. Oh, yeah, she loved. She loved '90s uh, '90s Christian uh, skate punk when she was 50. Exactly, <laughs> big, um, big skate punk fan. Big skate um, punk fan. John, speaking of games, mm. do you want to play a game? Uh, I am ready. My body is ready. Okay, perfect. I'm going to share my screen with Here the questions. Are. John, we're talking burnout. Mm. Um, so today. We're going to be talking things related to the term burnout. Okay. Um, so for the first question, the cover of Burnout has a distinct electric blue flame that feels more Guy Fieri <laughs> than it does punk rock. And speaking of Guy Fieri, I'm going to tell you four pieces of trivia about the mayor of Flavortown. <laughs> and you have to tell me which is fake. Okay. One of these is fake. Okay. That is to say, I made one up. Got it. And that is what you're determining. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Okay. A, Fieri has his own wine company, mm. some of which is made from grapes on his own vineyard. Mm. B, his birth name is Guy Ferry, F-E-R-R-Y, mm. but legally changed it to Fieri in honor of a family name. C, he accidentally got stuck with his iconic bleached tips by telling his stylist to do whatever she wanted with his hair. Or D, donkey sauce is an adaptation of a recipe from a from his Italian paternal grandfather. Hmm. I can certainly see a Guy Fieri wine company existing. And uh, when I find out shortly that that is the case, I'm definitely going to Google what the name of it is because I hope it's something wonderful. Um, I believe the donkey sauce thing. Um, you know, the bleach tips thing is 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 believable as well, but I feel like it's between B and C. Um, you know, I'm going to say you made up that his birth name is Guy Fairy. <laughs> oh. Is it C? Um, no. Oh, wow. Hit me. He, I made up that donkey sauce as an adaptation wow. of, of his paternal grandfather. So, yes, his birth name is Guy Ferry. Hmm. F-E-R-R-Y. But he changed it to Fieri, which is more, uh, which is what his 
uh, paternal grandfather's name was was got Fieri. it got it okay um his... little bit of a trick question <laughs> what <laughs> mickey what do you say <laughs> this is bullshit no it was his original <laughs> family name i mean i don't know <laughs> but he his no but when his family moved here yeah they anglicanized it like right. as many yes okay. many people did yes a, so he was born guy fairy legally right. bo- born guy fairy but um so his uh so guy guy fieri's uh wine company uh is um named after his his two sons it's called hunt and ride uh, his sons are named Hunter and Ryder, and he does have grapes. He has his own vineyard, and he grows his own grapes. And some of his wines for, have gotten like like a ninety-two or something from wine enthusiast, which makes okay. it classified as like an outstanding wine. Mm. Like, like I think in the in the range, he's in the range where it's like. So like higher than like a 94 or something like that is like is like like up up there is like considered like among the best or like a classic but like in that like lower like 90s it's like that's considered like really really good wines. Well, so. that's a nice name and it all sounds good, but I really wish his wine was called like Peace, love, and taco grease, or whatever weird stuff he says. <laughs> yeah, he's like, you can eat this off of Flip Flop. Yeah, Flip Flop Wine Company or whatever. <laughs> um, but so the thing, too, about his bleach tips is that when he got this, the story goes is that like his hairstylist years ago wanted to like freshen up his look. And like, he was just like, you know, do whatever you want to do. And he didn't know like that what she was doing he's like so are you gonna wash the shampoo out like and he's like she's like no this is like like Bleach. your new hairstyle <laughs> and um and th- this it's also sort of the same thing i'm not sure if you've known the story about his whole like bowling shirt thing because uh-huh. that was also an accident like very early on in on diners drive-ins and dives they like said for like one of the first episodes that they were gonna be filming for him to like come in a collared shirt. And he was like a young guy. He didn't really have a lot of like, and like, so that was like the, like one of the only collared shirts he had was like one of these bowling shirts. And so that was another, his like whole persona, like he fell ass backwards into. It's all (laughs) accidental. The bleach tips, the bowling shirts, like he, He's from Ohio as well. Like he's like, <laughs> like, like people think of him as like a California bro, but he's he was like born in Ohio. So it's such a you know, it's such a weird it's such a weird persona. I'm just saying, at a certain point, he could have stopped bleaching it, and maybe stopped wearing bowling shirts. But you know what? Uh, do your thing. He looks like he's from Bowling for Soup, and that is great. He's uh, <laughs> he's a great guy. He is a Le- great guy. You know, he is a great guy. Give People give Guy Fieri a lot of shit, but when the California wildfires were going on, he like set up shop and made food. Yeah. And like made food for like all of the firefighters that were fighting in California. So like he's done more than maybe anybody for um, 
sustaining the restaurant business with like tons of money that he's pumped into it. So yeah, he's he's yeah. a good dude. He's a good dude, and I think people give him. I in researching uh, Guy Fieri, which is some a uh, statement that is real. <laughs> um, he uh. apparently he had like when Anthony Bourdain was mm-hmm. alive, like you know. Anthony Bourdain had a sort of like an acerbic personality and like, right. You know, like there was this story about like how he, uh, Anthony Bourdain was like sort of shitting on Guy Fieri and like, and like his, his look and, and, and guys like, you know, it's like, I don't, I don't know like what, what the deal is. Like, I'm just, he's like, I don't, I don't try. I don't like be mean. I'm not mean to anybody. Like I'm not, he's like, he's, he's, Guy, guy is not like trying to like that's not like part of his thing is not being like an asshole to people like that's you know that's sort of like you know Anthony Bourdain's thing that's sort of Gordon Ramsay that's his shtick too and, and Guy just seems like he's like let's let's have a good time let's like let's have food that's like you know you know it's, it's I don't know he just seems like a genuinely like good good dude and I also like read that he he like officiated a uh, like like a mass same sex wedding. Oh yeah, right on. Like like a hundred some people right. or something like that. Like cool. It's a cool dude. Dude, cool dude. All right, so on from Guy Fieri. Um, I've asked you about GI Joe characters before, and mm-hmm. I'm assuming you've uh, researched. Uh, over 150 real American heroes and dozens of Cobra <laughs> members since then. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, the character Burnout is part of the Dreadnoughts, a group Ooh. of mercenaries, vandals, and thieves. What is Burnout's skill? Is he A, good with fire? B, good with street racing? C, good with mechanics? Or D, good with blunts? <laughs> Oh, I really wish it was D. That'd be wonderful. Um, you know, I feel like I vaguely remember Burnout. Uh, I mean, a classic G.I. Joe name, um, but I do not remember uh, his deal. So I'm going to go for the obvious and say Good With Fire. Going Good With Fire. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry, John. No, he's good with mechanics. Why burnout? He, um, he's is one of the few dreadnoughts who actually possessed a practical skill. Okay. He could have been an engineer if he hadn't dropped out of top tech a top technical school during freshman orientation. Uh, a natural genius at mechanics, he became fascinated with mo- with motorcycles at an early age. His superb handcrafted custom bikes soon caught the attention of Zartan, who recruited him for the dreadnought group. Yeah, the dropping out of school does seem like a, a GI Joe burnout <laughs> named character attribute. So that tracks. Yeah, this, yeah he uh, he looks like a uh, a black character with mm. uh, with some with some locks, and he's got like these um, like I don't know, looks like some sort of chain around his chest or something. Yeah, but, very responsible and cool of GI Joe to make a black character a high school dropout or a college dropout. <laughs> And to like join to join a gang of mercenaries. <laughs> right. Yeah. Cool. Good luck all really... <laughs> Oh man. All right. Um, all right, John. So you're uh, 
You're <laughs> oh, for two. two. Yeah. yeah. Um, the Burnout series of racing games. Are you familiar with the Burnout series of uh, video games? Vaguely. Uh, they have a wide-ranging soundtrack, including Guns N' Roses, LCD Sound System, Comeback Kid, Fallout Boy, and Brand New, to name a few. Which of these artists that we've discussed hasn't been on a burnout soundtrack? Is it A, Def Leppard? B, MXPX? C, Goldfinger? Or D, Jimmy Eat World? It's tricky. I'm tempted to say MXPX because they're not as well known, but we do know that MXPX has a song on the new Tony Hawk game. Uh, and they seem more in line with Goldfinger and Jimmy at World. So, as much as it pains me to say, my boys in Def Leppard, I don't think they made the cut. You're gonna say Def Leppard? A didn't didn't make the cut. Correct. A in my racing yes. game they do. Uh, Def Leppard did not make the cut. Um, I was trying to throw you off but, mm-hmm. because on one of the you know by throwing in uh that um guns and roses was on there uh but yeah mxpx had uh they had heard that sound all right right on um they goldfinger had a song called i want okay and uh i'm not sure which jimmy world song is on there but uh yeah man these so these burnout games they're like all over the place in what's on here like they got some avenged sevenfold they have the doors bullet for my valentine okay. cky you know huh. you know it's it's okay go uh it, yeah it's 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 a lot of we are scientists it's okay. it's a lot of random stuff so well uh, dr- driving around to heard that sound it sounds pretty fun i want to do that Agreed. All right. Uh, so we talked Green Day earlier. Mm. 2021 marks the 27th anniversary of the Green Day album Dookie, God. which was released on February 1st, 1994. Wow. Opening with Burnout, the seminal album features iconic singles such as Basket Case, Longview, and Welcome to Paradise. Uh, what is the meaning behind the album's title Hmm. Dookie it refers to how Billy Joe Armstrong felt about most of the songs on the album it refers to the diarrhea they got from their tour diets it refers to the smell of the West Oakland neighborhood warehouse where he slept where Billy Joe slept in the early 90s or is it D it was the name of his one of his short lived bands before Green Day I feel like I remember you saying on the pod, like, oh, they must think all these songs are dookie. Was that you or was somebody else positing that? I don't remember. Um, I did see a headline recently about how the original name for the album was Liquid Dookie, um, which I'm really glad they didn't go with that. Um, Does lend itself to the idea of diarrhea but I don't know how many tours they were going on pre-Dookie. This is tricky. I guess I'll go with B. It refers to the diarrhea they got from the tour diets, but I am not 
confident about this answer. Hey, all right. Yes, you remember correctly. They originally okay. titled the album Liquid Dookie. So gross. Uh, yes, and that was the reason they changed it because okay. it was too gross. <laughs> but yeah, it was. Uh, they had bad diets, all right. and so yeah, Fair. Liquid Dookie <laughs> would be a less iconic album name. Yeah, if it's called Dookie, you're just kind of like, oh, these rap scallions. But Liquid yes. Dookie, you're like, I don't think I want to listen to that. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that as that is a little, a little rough. Yep. Um. All right, all right, John. Turning things around. Yeah. All right. Kevin Smith, famous for uh, for portraying one half of the Burnout duo Jay and Silent Bob, suffered a major heart attack in 2018 after performing a stand-up set. One of his arteries was completely blocked, sometimes referred to as the Widowmaker. To what did Smith's doctor attribute his survival? Was it A, losing 150 pounds prior to his heart attack? Was it B, genetics? C, weed? Or D, the quick response to those with him at the time? Hmm. Um, Did you do you remember hearing about the story? I do, and I I think he lost all that weight after the heart attack. I could be wrong, so I'm gonna cancel that one out. Uh, I'm gonna go with the quick response to those with him at the time. D. So you're saying that his his doctor said that those with him saved his life. Correct. Uh, was it weed? His doctor actually said the fact that he had smoked weed <laughs> right before. That's right. Okay. Contributed to the fact that he was so calm. Right. During the, his heart attack, that it's right. possible that that joint saved his life. Guys, weed weed saves. All right. <laughs> yes, he. I remember him telling this story on Colbert, and. Uh, but yet, so, but here's the thing. He, at his heaviest, he weighed around 400 pounds. Mm -hmm. And he did lose uh, around 150 pounds. So around the time that he recorded this set. So before the heart attack. Before the heart attack, he was okay. at like 250 or something okay. like two. He was still... This doctor said he still needed to lose a little bit more weight, but yeah. he he had like started losing weight beforehand. But now he's on a uh, completely vegan. vegan diet. Yeah, he's like skinny now. He yeah. looks yeah he's he's in he's in pretty good health and he's like yeah big big like vegan guy. His daughter, um, his daughter's vegan too. So like. But yeah, he's looking he's looking good. I'm really glad that he's doing he's doing well and healthy. Um, but I'm pretty sure too that um, if I remember correctly, that this set that he did is mm -hmm. called Silent but Deadly. Right, that does sound familiar. That, we uh, should that... do a we should do a Kevin Smith discussion sometime. He was somebody that like 
meant a lot to me in the nineties as a kid. And then like, yeah, for the last 20 years has, has increasingly meant less to me. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I'm glad he's doing you're okay. Talking, you're talking clerks talking, uh, Hell yeah. Clerks and Mallrats and Chasing Amy were like a constant rotation in my house growing up. Even Dogma, Dogma. I appreciated as like a theology nerd. It's not a perfect movie, but I thought he was wrestling with some cool things. You know, Chasing even Jane, Amy also not a perfect perfect. No, but at the time it seemed like, ooh, this is progressive. And in retrospect, it's probably a lot of a lot of cringe there. Um yeah. even Jane Silent Bob will give kind of a pass because it was funny, but like everything after that, I'm just kind of like, I don't know. I don't know, Kevin. <laughs> um, but uh, anyway. Glad he's doing okay these days. Yes. Uh, so I'm two for five is what you're telling me. Two for five, yes. So I think it hurt uh, me to have the words on the screen. Um. <laughs> <laughs> you want to you wanna go back uh, to... We'll no? see. Okay. We'll see what, 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 what things bring. But um, so, this is an enjoyable burnout-themed quiz. Thank you. You're welcome. Even though I flopped. Well, I mean, you did get the question about diarrhea correct so. <laughs> yeah well i like to pride myself on that <laughs> i don't know um should we talk about this album bro bro i think we i think we need to talk burnout let's do it so yeah we'll take a break we'll uh have a little ad spot for one of our fellow podcasts over at the rock candy mm podcast network and we come back we're gonna be talking about that slick shoes burnout snoochie boochies (laughs) snoogans bro (laughs) snoogans hi my name is Stephen long and i host a show here on rock candy called sacred tension it's about the spiritual discipline of asking questions if you find yourself uncomfortable in your faith or if you find yourself caught between modern science and ancient religion or if you're curious about the journeys of others who are sorting out faith and doubt sacred tension is a place where nothing is off limits you will find conversations with pastors cult experts spiritual leaders and skeptics all discussing the ways we navigate the faiths we were given find sacred tension right here on rock candy and wherever you listen to podcasts and we're back yeah. We are talking Burnout. Yep. 1998. Slick Shoes. Mm. Hashtag back. That's right. Uh, produced by Steve Kravak and Slick Shoes. That's right. Mixed at A&M by Steve Kravak. Yep. Um, A&R, Bill Powers. So we got the we got the dream team back. That's right working on this record um uh, yeah yeah uh june 30th 98 on tooth and nail um but dale yab of yeah. cooties 90 pound wuss fan mail uh joined the band in 98 on guitar and i said last episode that the guitar jackson mold was my favorite part of the band um i'll say having a second guitar on this record definitely beefs up the sound um in a great way, uh, in parts of it. Yeah. Um, and Steve was not, not only just working with slick shoes in the prior year, 
but he went from working with Dale in the cooties right. to then working with him again in Slick Shoes not too long afterwards. Yeah. Um, it sounds great. Uh, the vocals sound better. He sounds better. Um, it sounds better sonically. Um, but here's a little, I don't know. Is it a hot take? I definitely prefer Rusty. No, that is not a hot take. I prefer Rusty as well. Um, and here's the thing though. I don't think this album sounds better. Okay. I, I think the drums on this record sound worse. I don't know if I think the album sounds better. I just think the vocals sound better. So the vocals might sound better. I think, I don't know what happened, but we, we are verging on St. Anger snare level. Ooh, those are fighting words. It's the snare is not great. Hmm. I, I, I was listening to this album a lot. And there was a point where I was listening. It was playing upstairs and I was downstairs and the, the, the sound of the snare was permeating louder than like anything. And it just sounded so sharp. Hmm. And I don't understand why, because I really feel like Steve nailed it so well on Rusty. Yeah. You know, I, I don't, I, it was, it's curious. Yeah. I don't know. I, you know, um, that's interesting to hear you say that it, it's that you agree with me. I kind of felt like I was going to come in and have to defend my take. Um, again, I don't think there's any bad songs on this record, but it was much harder. Whereas it was hard to come up with the top three on Rusty because there were so many songs I like. It was not that hard for this one for me to identify my favorites. Uh, Rusty's a little harder edged, and I feel like you know, production wise and songwriting wise. And I just kind of like that mode of them a little better. I think this is just kind of a more polished version. And I don't know that I like it as much, Um, but there are elements of it. Like I said, the vocals, the really kind of like thick and filled out guitar sound where I think it, it, that transition does work. Um, But I don't know what, what was your relationship to this record growing up? Like when it came out, were you disappointed or how did you feel? You know, I, I, I think I probably, I think there's this assumption. Um, I don't know. I, I, I'm curious to see what, what listeners think. Yeah. Because I think I've always had this, operate under this assumption that people prefer burnout. Yeah. But uh, I think we, I don't remember who it was. Somebody left a comment that they said that, they thought that that Rusty was a classic or the best or something that's that made me made me think lead me to think that at least of their early work that yeah. that was the preferred record. But I, I mean, I still I still really liked it. Yeah. Um. I don't remember thinking like having negative thoughts about it, but I think I've always always just preferred Rusty. I think the songwriting is better and even even with the lyrics 
being as juvenile and emo and uh, sort of adolescent. I still think that on Rusty, I still feel like they say maybe a little, sometimes I feel like the songs are, are so general. Yeah. It's a little more generic this time. It it almost feels like there are some songs we'll get to, uh, it just it sounds like a, a a random word generator. Yeah. They're they're not as adolescent this time around. Um there's definitely some emo moments still. But I would agree that for the most part, yeah, it's kind of general punk songs of this type. I mean, it's a lot about friends screwing them over or having conflicts with friends, lots of beefs with friends. Yeah. Uh but ultimately most of the songs are kind of hopeful. But yeah, it's just kind of even if the first record had like some more cringy lyrics, they felt more like um, unique. Yeah. So I don't know. I, for some reason I, I had the impression like this is the cover that I recognize the most of Slick Shoes. I feel like this is the one that I saw the most in record stores and stuff. Yeah. So I was like, Oh boy, I hope when I come in here being like, this is kind of a lot of this is kind of like, even if I like it all, like much more boring to me than Rusty, which takes some interesting turns. I thought you might not be down with that assessment, but maybe that's how a lot of people feel. No, I, I, I kind of agree with you. I feel like a lot of the songs on here are, are fine. I mean, it's, yeah. I, I would say in terms of the slick shoes, in the first the first iteration of slick shoes as in their first the first run of albums before they took their uh their break mm-hmm. like their 15 year break or whatever it was right uh i would say i mean maybe my second favorite record is this one but uh i do feel that they from this point their next couple records struggle hmm. there i think they struggle with trying to find the sound that they're doing and i think hmm. we're going to talk about that a little bit more with wake up screaming okay uh but i think Though I think there are some, the musicianship is still very good and yeah. that there are some very strong songs on this. I do think generic is a word mm-hmm. that feels appropriate for a lot of the songs, Yeah, as does the artwork. Slick Shoes has never had strong artwork <laughs> no. on just about anything. The new Everything, record is cool, but the new uh, record is cool, but yeah, like literally the entirety of the inside of this artwork is just blue flames at the bottom. Yeah, and, and all the lyrics, right? Nothing, nothing else. It's just one long block of text in blue flame. Guy Fieri bowling shirt style. Yes, that's the thing. It's like it's it feels like a Guy Fieri, and then it has box of them in you know playing their instruments and yeah. then 
the thank yous and you know it's it's just it's it's an uninspired uh layout um you know maybe that's why they they resurrected the self-titled ep slick shoes logo look because that's that's actually kind of dope so it is yeah i like i like that a lot um you know they they thank they thank some uh bands that we will be <laughs> we will be covering uh-huh. this season uh Goaty hook value pack sure uh, dogwood mm. they <laughs> they're such they're such bros uh so <laughs> they call Craig's brother Craig's brohim <laughs> Uh, that's pretty good. <laughs> Into that. Yeah, bro. Craig's bro here, bro. <laughs> SoCal dudes. SoCal bros. Um, well, should we get into it? I think we should, we should get into it. Uh, for better, for worse. As I'm listening to that drum sound, you are not wrong. Uh, very tinny, very, very tinny. tinny. Yeah, very. Everything is very trebly and high. Yeah. Uh, this is uh, this is my number three. Okay. Okay. Um, I al- have always loved that intro. Yeah, lot. it. That's because it's the same as uh, "Move to Bremerton." Ding 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 ding. Wow. Called called out. No, I listen. I like this record. I like the song. MXPX one of my favorite bands of all time. A lot of these songs sound like MXPX to me, so I don't know. It doesn't mean I dislike it. I just can see the similarities. Do you know what uh do you know what MXPX wouldn't stand for? What's that? burying the fucking base yeah very there, true it's so that's what i'm saying everything is so trebly right and high hmm. and tinny and there's like the bass is so like on rotation and frequency yeah, that bass is just great. like 
oh, you want some bass? Well, let me kick you in the <laughs> dick with this bass. Right. Like, but yeah. on here, it's so everything is feels so compressed and uh yeah. it's just it gets lost in the mix, which is a bummer. Yeah, and that was one of the things we talked about with Rusty is how sort of uh what like standouts those bass lines were. Um yeah. Cause they were cool, but also because they were pretty high up in the mix. Yeah, you're right. They definitely yeah. do not play it as a distinct role in this record. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, I, you know I like what, John? Yeah. Everything will be okay. That's true. This is a more, more positive love song than we're used <laughs> to hearing from slick shoes up to this point. And it's, it, would it be, would it be a punk rock record or a pop punk record without there being a song about how everything is going to be okay? <laughs> no. Yeah. I feel like contractually every, Every punk band needs to have a song about things being okay. Right. You kind of like complain about how bad things are for two verses and a chorus and the bridge. You're like, but it's going to, it's going to be fine. Everything's going to be okay. It, it'll work out. It'll be yeah. all right. Yeah. Um, but only God knows what he has in store for us. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Does, does he though? There's some, there, there, there are some interesting theological moments uh, we'll get to along the way here. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, so should we move on to East on Tracks, bro? We, yeah, we, move, we, we move in, we move in East. Yeah, man. Ooh. Hey. Bro, do you remember, I don't know what episode this was on, but I remember an episode of the pod where I was trying <laughs> yes, to... Yes, exp- I remember this too. Trying to... <laughs> and I was like trying to do the the that guitar riff and you're just like, oh, that sounds great. Whatever. <laughs> you're just like, yeah. you're sort of dismissive of like me trying no, to... I feel like I remember a time when you were kind of like... When I was like, I don't know, I don't know Slick Shoes like super well. And you were like, bro, and you played this. And I was like, I mean, this rules. <laughs> That's my memory of it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm glad that we're shared here. I kind of thought that might be the case. I, don't, I couldn't find anything about like, there's no videos for this as far as I can tell, this album. Um, there's no singles as far as I can tell even. But I mean, this seems like it should be the song that people remember the, from this record the most, right? It should be. Yeah. I mean that that opening riff absolutely rules an all timer. Um, 
yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I can't get the like issue with the drum sound out of my head now that I'm listening back to it. Once you say that, this is, All I can, is, is this know. the same thing as the millennial whoop? Once it I might point be, it, it I point out be. the millennial whoop on that on Goldfinger record, yeah, Goldfinger record, and you're just like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's still great, um, but yeah, I can't help but think like how much better this would sound if the drums were up to that full kind of level that the guitar is here. Um, this album deserves a remix. Yeah. I yeah. think, I think they got to get Kravak back to, think re- so. to remix this. Let's do it. Uh, the way that they did with rotation frequency, get, get some better drum sounds. This thing just doesn't, it's not as full as it should sound. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, especially like some of these, like, sick guitar riffs that we're like talking about right here that sound it's it's right. great and then yeah. we got a little bit of do we want to talk to the bridge a little bit or yeah we do <laughs> Get so, some of those harmonics. Yeah. Yeah, it rules. But I like this outro too. Yeah. cool i mean it's great if you if you listen to their live album they still do that same that's cool distortion outro and it still sounds rad yeah i think that this is a standout track on this record for sure i think putting the guitar parts on top of those existing guitar riffs uh is a lot of what makes the two guitars of this record sound so good the like yeah, you've already got the like great, but the adding the like, yeah, I mean that combo is just like, oof, yeah, yeah, so so great. I love how fast it is. Um, I love the guitar sound, the pick slide into the chorus. I mean, come on, sucker for that. Um, lyrically, it's interesting because in the first part, he's talking about a you that did him wrong in all these ways. Like, you showed me how to mistrust. No thanks to you, I'll be okay. But yeah. then in the second part, you refers to God, I believe, where it's like, I know that with your love, I will find peace. So that almost makes me feel like if it's the same you the whole time and he's talking to God, like that's pretty interesting. I don't know if that's the case, if he just switches the whoever he's talking to. But yeah, I mean, to me, that seems like it's very possible. Yeah, that that's the case. It's like a very abrupt, like, which you are we talking though? It's like, yeah, who are we? I mean, he's still... Uh, you know, 17 or something. Yeah. Or even younger. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't think did, uh, did Dale Yob go on to do any other albums? I think this is it. I think he was with yeah. the band for two years, but I don't believe he's on wake up screaming. Um, so that's interesting. Yeah. 
Yeah, there's uh, they they did go through some rotations uh, yes, and frequencies and frequencies, if you will, uh, uh, of people coming yeah. kind of coming in and out of the band and um, and even Jeremiah, I think you know, didn't right stay with them for yeah. I think uh, I don't think he was on far from nowhere, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, and Joe didn't say the whole time either. Uh, I was wrong, by the way. Dale Yob is on Wake Up Screaming, okay. but uh, Jackson is not. So this is the okay. last Jackson Mold record until until they have their new iteration. Yes. Um, yeah. So lineup changes. Um, yes, and then this is this is to me like why I've I've part of me has that Jackson Mold. A Scott Kerr theory mm-hmm. yeah, about yeah. when when it's like one of the key songwriters sure. leads the band. There's a little bit of a okay. So what are we doing? What is our what is our thing? Right. And and then there's a little bit of joining the struggle bus. <laughs> sure. And uh, and then I kind of I kind of feel that way about the next the next couple albums um i like wake up screaming we'll get there but but after that it certainly takes a turn into different territory into yikesville station (laughs) we'll get there um last round let's do it is that that, uh you know what john i want to have a i want to go out to a bar and be like hey bro let me get this last round uh, this last wonderful. Round, this last round's on me, bro. Someday. And, uh, bro. <laughs> Snare, bro. <laughs> yeah. Is there any bass on this song? <laughs> I wish you could see the look on your face. So disgusting. With the words I say, I'm not trying to change your mind. Come divine, you're talking when you should be listening to yourself. Stars in your eyes, so but you can't see the way down. I turn the lamp on to light the way. Watch your mouth, be careful what you say. Uh, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Uh, it yeah. never really kicks into another gear for me. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. But, I mean, uh, there's some fun. like n- good guitar noodly sounds on the yeah. song, but yeah, uh, yeah, it's it's fine. It's fine. It's it's just another one of those. This is one of those albums where the kind of no one understands me, which is also very early MXPX with right, like right. My, Mike writing songs about how no one <laughs> understands him and right. I'm the bad guy and right, you know, which it's it's just it's all very adolescent, it's all very teenager, right? Yeah. Uh, 
you know, you, it seems you're stuck deep in your ways. You can't hear me. You're not listening. Why do we have to have the same ideas, conflicting personalities? Why do I have to be like you? Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I don't know, bro. I, it's people are different. They have conflicting personalities. Okay. Looking for that individuality sticking out. Yeah. I don't know. Wrestling with that. And that's a fair thing to do. But, sure. But it doesn't necessarily mean it's a, I mean, it's a universal experience. Right. Which is why it, it's, it makes for good songwriting fodder. Yeah. To varying degrees of success across an album of very similar kind of ideas. Right. Yeah. So, uh, you, know they, else to say. you know what they say? Mm. Fool me once. <laughs> Shame, shame on, on you. Shame on shame on you. <laughs> you, you fool me. You fool, fool me. me no you more. can't you can't you can't you fool me, you can't get fooled again. Fool me no more. Fool me no more. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yes, 100%. (laughs) What Um, were you going to (laughs) say? No, that that portion right there, the that part would have sounded great if that bass were like more clear right there, but it's just so buried. But this is kind of what I was saying earlier about like generic lyrics. Right. When I look at you, all that I can see is what you try to be. Yeah. Why can't you just stop acting like you care? You know, it's like, there's no specificity. Right. That's right, what's right. missing from so many of these songs. It's like, um, what makes you think you're fooling me? Do you think I was born yesterday? What are we talking about? Like, <laughs> what, what is the situation? What did this person do? What, uh, what do you see in them? What are they trying to be? Yeah. Uh, what are they? What don't they know? What they're talking about? You don't know what you're saying. Uh, you, you know, like there's, there's just so much generic, non-specific language that I'm like, this li- song could be literally about anything, and so yeah. I don't feel, I don't feel connected to it at all. Yeah, I musically, I can, I can see right through your shallow lies. Like, wh- what lies? Like, I want to <laughs> know. I want to know. You're like the the teacher 
getting the reflection in high school and circling it and being like, show me, don't tell me. <laughs> exactly. Expand on this. <laughs> um, which lies. Uh, yeah. Musically and lyrically, I just kind of, yeah, it's fine. I don't know. I do like the gang vocals in the chorus there. I think that part sounds cool. There's a little pick slide there too. Yeah. Into that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, not, not a, not a great showing for me necessarily. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it is though. That late night showing. Oh shit. insinuated something john <laughs> this is my number two okay number two interesting um i just i yeah i think it rules i think it like i like the darker minor chords love those riffs and then i think the chord progression by the time it gets to the chorus is really cool especially with that vocal melody line which is like i don't know i just think it works really well those riffs into the second verse um but my favorite part, if we could hear it, mm-hmm. is the sweet guitar solo uh, at 220, which is like uh, a perfect example of what I was saying about the two guitars really filling out the sound. Hell yeah. There's your bass. I think that's pretty great. Yeah, it's for the most part, the song is very monotone and samey to me. Right. Yeah. I guess I kind of feel like that's like a hardcore thing. I don't know. When I look at all that has been given to me. <laughs> but it's got that. Fall, <laughs> all that we've shed. It's, it's like one. But that wouldn't work without the. Like, I think underneath, I think that yeah. combination of the vocal. I agree that it is kind of like one note there, but I think kind of sustaining it in that note while the guitar is doing other stuff moving around, I think sounds really cool. I don't know. I think I'm a sucker for any time they sort of lean into the hardcore elements. So sure. Um, lyrically, it's interesting. Like I, yeah, I don't know. I feel like they, 
it seems like a more mature theology than the first album. Yeah. Even if it's dealing with a similar issue, like saying, sometimes I don't know, sometimes I don't act how I should, but you still love me feels a lot healthier than I don't know how you could stand having me as your son. You know right. what I mean? Yes. <laughs> like, yes. So I appreciate that about it. <laughs> yes. Um, and I wish I could do more to show you my respect sounds yeah. better than like, <laughs> I'm terrible and I don't deserve you, but like, right. let me, let me try and find ways to be yeah better right. than like I'm garbage. Yeah. I think it sounds like somebody who's made their peace with the idea that like, you can't ever be perfect. So, right accept the love and the grace. Um, so I don't know. I, I think it rules all the way around. Um, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's fine. That's I think, fine. I think yeah. maybe a quarter of the song is the last, sure. like, you know, the last 30 seconds are pretty great. <laughs> yeah. I mean that again, it's another case of the guitar coming in in the last 30 seconds, pushing it into my top three for me, I think. Yeah. Um, but uh, anyway, yeah, just take whatever piece of shit song at a good, <laughs> at a good, hey, yeah, you know, good the bridge, bridge can turn things around. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, uh, away with you. Say there. Uh, wish that you could see yourself. I wish I knew what was going on inside. Um, I'd just be sick and more. Why don't you open your eyes? You're not all you think you are. Your selfishness <laughs> is getting on my nerves. Why don't you go away? <laughs> yeah, Oof. it's pretty harsh. Pretty harsh. Um, yeah, this is another one that's that's fine for me. Have you ever known what you were looking for? <laughs> I've dealt with you for long enough. When will it end? <laughs> Jesus Christ, Ryan. Well, when you're a teenager, <laughs> these things seem uh, perhaps much bigger. You're like, I've been dealing with you for like six weeks. <laughs> eternity. Um, I hope uh, that this is just a phase. I'll be there for you in the end. <laughs> right. Yeah. This is what I was going to say is it takes a real turn. Um, with the bridge to like a poppier melody and a message that I don't, yeah. I don't necessarily like love the turn it takes. Um, so I don't know. This one don't is come back. 
Have you ever known what you were looking for? <laughs> there you go. There it is. Uh, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Uh, it's the next one. Better than fine. When does it end? John, I'll see you in the pit, bro. This is that hardcore element that you were oh, talking yeah. about. This would probably be my number four. This, um, yeah, this is uh, the this is the burnout version of "By What Right." Yeah, but yeah, I think in the not, sense not of lyrically, like, no, but just no, no, like no. that, just sort of song structure. Yes, I like I like the going from a hardcore verse into a warm melodic chorus back into a hardcore verse into like a bridge that's different. Like I like that when they kind of like feel like a bunch of different pieces that all work well and are all strong musically. Um, I, yeah, I, I like the drums on the opening a lot. I think that sounds awesome. Uh, I like Whatever how fast that, like, it is. That weird oh, yeah. guitar. Like, yeah. Well, yeah. The chorus. Yeah. There's that little vocalization scream at the end of the verses uh, along with that. Yeah. I just, I think it rules. Um, I like that it kind of like takes the like pain of the hardcore verses into this more positive chorus refrain. Like sometimes as we were saying that turn can be abrupt, but I kind of like it when it's like, feels like a, a piece of the whole, like it, it feels connected in, in a way that makes sense to me. And he's kind of, I mean, this is like peak emo. Andrew must've appreciated this, <laughs> the, the verses. When does this heartache and pain ever end? <laughs> As long as I'm not by myself, I know I'll be okay. It's just like, oh my god, really, man. I yeah, that that's uh, you know sort of unbearable. But you know, (laughs) you know, I the thing about a lot of hardcore, and we got to get like someone like Meg from Monterey, who Mm -hmm. is a huge hardcore fan. Uh, we might have to ask her at this moment to give us her her hot takes on yeah. on hardcore and that because I don't think all hardcore is necessarily like you know fuck this guy fuck that guy but like <laughs> right. I think a lot of hardcore beneath the all the the screaming and and bluster and and sort of chest thumping there is sort of a positive like yeah let's help each other out let's pick each other up let's yes. let's work through these struggles let's you know i'm going to be oh, let's be better than we are let's keep fighting to be better and like you know like i i think that's a lot of what hardcore at yeah. its best is about versus like um 
you know, the, the songs like away with you where it's like, Oh God, why don't you open your eyes? And this one's like, you know, there's lots of pain, but I'm going to get through this. Yeah, totally. You saying all that just made me excited for doing a hardcore season eventually. Um, <laughs> Dude, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta like figure out, like, I'm sure Meg will have her, have her opinions on a hardcore yeah. season. <laughs> oh man. That's great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, 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 there's even a key change at the end. <laughs> like, I think they're just doing a lot on the song and I think it's really cool. There we go. I don't know if that fully qualifies as a full as like, key change. As a modulation, yeah, but it's like I think I don't know. I just think that sounds really cool. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Um I like this one. Responsibility, what's that? Max PX ripped these guys off. Breaking the story wide open, folks. ryan comes off like whether or not he's writing these songs he's the yeah. singer right and so it just sort of comes off like a kind of like a dick in some of these songs it's like <laughs> yeah. the songs are like oh you're unbearable but i'll still be your friend even though you suck <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's that vibe yeah. i mean that's that's what this song is it's like uh you know i'll still be there when all said and done your personality it wears on me how many yeah. times have I told you that you could be more than you tried to be? Again, uh, the, that same kind of long, the, that same kind of line uh, from Fool Me No More. When I look right. at you, all I can see is what you try to be. Um, yeah. But yeah. I mean. It's fine. It's fine. I, I like the opening a lot, actually. Um, and I like the way it kind of returns to that riffing in the bridge. Um, but yeah, it, I, you know, fine. Agreed. I don't really have much more to say on nope. uh, responsibility. What's that? <laughs> Circa 1998. Right. Just kidding. That's not what that song's about. <laughs> Call for ambulance.
I like the song pretty. I like the song right. Uh, yeah. There's some parts of it I really enjoy the. Yeah. Like that little. That's cool. That little guitar line. Yes. Um, this is another. I don't. This this album has. It's just like I said early on that a lot of the songs are kind of in this are a lot of the same sort of topics and yeah. it seems to be written about a lot of sub just about other people and how shitty other people are <laughs> <laughs> and uh there's you know it's not too late there's still time to change it's not the way it has to end up you need someone to help pick you up you know it's not going to be me because your personality <laughs> wears on me. Way yeah. with you. The first album is about how much the narrator sucks. And yes. the second album is about how much how- the narrator thinks everybody else sucks. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, I agree. I think those little riffs all over the place kind of take this into a, a higher level than some of these songs that we're just saying are fine. Um, that little like, harmonic guitar riff the like things like that just like oh shit this this is awesome so yeah yeah i think this one's fun yes um you know what else i think is really fun fulfilling love that my number two okay yeah this is this is certainly a contender for me um yeah i mean you kind of made fun of his <laughs> his little talk singing <laughs> at the beginning of the first two <laughs> i but just I think, think it's it's just so <laughs> there's just everything about this song is so dramatic yeah you know you're all alone you feel hollow and empty i want to read these yeah. these lyrics because they're just the so only emo. strength you have <laughs> is used, used to, to cry, cry in misery. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing you do can suppress the heartache that you feel. Yeah. The only strength you have is used to cry in misery. Amazing. Um, Nothing on this earth will make the <laughs> sorrow go away. <laughs> yeah. But I do think that that kind of talk singing, again, kind of hardcore mode, I think that I like that sort of like uh, method of, of singing for him. Yeah. I think his vocals sound cool yeah. doing that. And then, yeah, that into the, straight into the like chugga chugga riffs that come yeah. in after that. that but also the, the uh, getting towards the end where they, they layer the vocals. Yeah, it sounds great. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I like. I'm a sucker for for those kinds of harmonies and like doubled Agreed. vocals or whatever they're they're doing. But yeah, it's while we can sort of laugh at how uh, sort of over over the top the lyrics might feel. Mm -hmm. Uh, the only strength you have is used (laughs) to cry in misery (laughs) is that is such, that is such a heavy, heavily emo lyric. And, uh, but it's something that, that, uh, you know, 13 year olds, uh, 14 year old Andrew would have been like, fuck yeah. (laughs) No one understands me. The weight, the weight, the weight of everything is just like I'm just emptiness and despair. Just, no. <laughs> just gonna use this last bit of energy to to cry in misery, real quick. Um. <laughs> just, just brb, gonna go cry in misery. Um, yeah. Nothing Again, on this earth will make the sorrow go away, mom. Um, that's what I was gonna add to. <laughs> that's perfect. <laughs> yeah, she's she's dealing with that. Your dad's hearing you say he's better than Hendrix. Their parents are just like. <laughs> All right, Andrew. All right. Um, yeah. We're like, <laughs> oh man, that just brought back this memory of me. I was a huge Ani DeFranco <laughs> fan in high school. Was um, not to laugh at Ani, but just like to give you a glimpse into no, my I, I unbearableness. Love, I, I love Ani. <laughs> yeah, I do too. But as a kid, I was just like, "Fucking, she's the only one who gets my situation." And like opening my window and like lighting a candle and like writing about poet, you know, whatever. But um. I remember my parents being like, why is she so angry or something? I was like, mom and dad. And I like got the liner notes out and like put the lyrics in their face and was like, I'm not an angry girl. (laughs) Just like reading along. Anyway, shout out to parents for dealing with insufferable teenagers uh, since time immemorial. Uh, Um, I do want to mention again, I feel like the theology expressed here may be a little different than that expressed on Rusty. You know, and Rusty, we talked about how he, he kind of a couple times talks about the idea of like, it doesn't matter. It's in God's hands, that kind of thing. Yeah. This, you know, he says, uh, they say that everything happens for a reason, but nothing on this earth will make the sorrow go away, as you yeah. said. Um, and then it ends with have faith and God will show you grace, which feels healthier than dwelling on how awful he is. Um, yes. So I don't know. I, I Again, I feel like this is a little more, little uh, more complex theology, perhaps on this album. Well, you know, fuck you, John, and your un- your untouchable face. <laughs> oh man, fuck you for and existing fuck in the you, first dude, place. Fuck you, existing in the first place. <laughs> oh my, should we do an Ani season? <laughs> oh man, I, I would love. Have you have you seen her live before? Oh, many times, but not she's, in no, no, a long time. She's outstanding. Yeah. She like she shreds. She does. She, she just shreds, shreds on that acoustic. On that acoustic with her taped up fingers, just like oh, yeah. beating the shit out of that acoustic guitar. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> good times yeah so fuck you and your untouchable face <laughs> fuck you that album rules for existing in the first place <laughs> terrible ani defranco impression uh we got a we got a cover bro oh Uh, 
so that is a seven seconds uh, cover. Did not realize that makes total sense. Seven seconds rules, but like it did seem jarring that all of a sudden they were going after those dirty hippies. <laughs> <laughs> makes a lot more sense for seven seconds to be the ones doing that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it definitely has that kind of like old school punk ethos of a second, yeah. seven seconds. Um, black eyes. Yeah, I think it's fun. <laughs> I think the lyrics, ramming for a different goal, succeeding where the hippies failed. <laughs> but one thing's sure, and you can bet, we'll be more than a drugged out threat. I like that. Yeah, it's fun. No, it's yeah. super fun. Yeah. It's a it's a curious uh it's a curious cover. Yeah. But still fun. I could see a, a Christian band getting on board with the idea of like, yeah, they were just a drugged out threat. We're gonna we're gonna come together. Um but yeah, seven seconds again, like kind of that uh you know, the early seven seconds hardcore stuff. Certainly can see why slick shoes with their hardcore leanings would appreciate them. Because we are the new kids. We've got our heads. We'll keep on fighting till old ways are dead. Yeah, man. Party ways, bro. this would have been a kind of a good ending song you know, yeah songs like parting ways the sun sets tomorrow right right you know things are things are changing yeah i can see that I, yeah i think it's fine <laughs> i don't know no additional notes yeah we, we we're both pretty lukewarm on a yeah. lot of these songs guess so uh, did you did you share your number two already yeah, I've shared my all my top three. Which one is your number two again? Fulfilling. Right. Okay. Uh, I have not gotten to my top to my number three yet. Oh well, the process of elimination. <laughs> Let's hear it. Learn to unlearn.
Song rules. There it is. Right? Yeah, it does. It does. Yeah. It really does. Yeah. Um, I, I, it seems like you're the songs that you like are always going to be the ones that, that have a little bit more hardcore leaning because yeah. that song again has sort of that talk singing. Yeah. Or it could easily be turned into a more hardcore song. Yeah. Very same note monotone kind of singing yeah but that little acoustic part mm-hmm. i like that a lot yeah i think that's i think obviously the like hardcore uh vein songs are always going to appeal to me but i think it's not so much that as it's like the songs where they have some hardcore elements tend to be the ones that just have like a lot of different parts there's just like mm-hmm. a bunch of different elements they're kind of like moving from section to section in interesting ways. And that yeah. kind of is what stands out to me the most. The opening rules, that guitar pedal sound, I think is awesome. Yeah. Um, it's almost like kind of creepy at times. There's like that distorted vocals in the background. Um, and then, yeah, I love that little acoustic moment before going really fast into verse two. Um, yeah. But I also feel like it's a, like another case of the ending really pushing it into the next echelon for me. Like there's a guitar part and then a drift drum part that come in before double time again. Yeah. Hell yeah. I mean, ugh, that's wonderful. Yeah, but you also get a bonus. <laughs> you do. Because, <laughs> because this song, this track has a re recorded version of silence yes from their ep mm-hmm. should we uh listen to that yeah let's hear some of that For the EP version, a hundred percent. This, this. Uh, so, do you remember when we heard some of the upbeats and beatdowns demos, and we heard Old West before they <laughs> yeah. decided to speed it up? Right. And I'm, and you're, I'm just like, this song feels so slow. Yeah. yeah. Compared to the EP version. And it just doesn't sound great. It it just the production is just not there. Yeah, I think overall in this record, I just feel like this this record was, you know, we 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 have sung the praises of Steve Kravak on this podcast yeah. time and time and time again. Um but this album bums me out as far as the potential for what these songs could have been in terms of 
taking sort of average songs and maybe mixing them to a degree where they just sound a lot fuller and bigger than they than they really do. Yeah. Fortunately, we now have the the hindsight of knowing that uh, Kravak will reunite with them. Yes. To make a really good sounding record together. Yes. Uh, I mean, they'll 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 make a few, a few records together, but where they'll land is kind of what you're describing of like taking songs and really like pushing them to the next level with their production. Um, yeah, you alluded to this last episode, but I definitely prefer the original version. I think this is still a great song. This was my favorite song on the EP, but it's the uniqueness of the guitar sound on the EP. Like that's a lot of why it's my favorite song from that record. Mm. It's just got this kind of like raw sound that's completely missing this time around and it's too slow to your point but like i think yeah this is kind of a good encapsulation of why i prefer the more raw vibe of rusty and the ep to burn out because it just kind of sounds like softened and polished and it's missing that quality of the original song um yeah i can understand why they'd want to record it again because it rules and it was from you know it was their first song from their first ep but i don't know uh, they do like this extended slowed down ending, which is fun, but probably unnecessary. And I don't know. I just kind of liked how contained the original was. Um, yeah. So John, if you want, if people wanted to hear us talk about that, where, how do uh, they, cause we didn't release that episode, bro. What, are, where, what are you talking about? We'll release that over on the Patreon, baby. Oh, sh- oh shit. Patreon.com slash magnified pod. You can hear us talk about that EP. Mm. Um, you'll be hearing us talk about more stuff on there uh, next week. Um, right. The yeah, and and one thing we said in that Patreon episode was uh, the lyrics are maybe some of my favorite Slick Shoes lyrics to date at this point. Like I just think they're really poetic in a way that a lot of them aren't. Um, oh, don't don't give away too much. Sorry, that. sorry, sorry. You got to pay more for the rest of that thought. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I I do really love this song. I just love the other version more. <laughs> Great. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's ultimately where where I land as well and yep. it's just like that moment that one of those that first moment i heard uh old west <laughs> just yeah. like that <laughs> just like oh my god this song's never gonna end yeah i forget the story did <laughs> it was Saki, right who was like let's pick it up a little literally pick it up. <laughs> let's pick it up pick it up I think it was him. Um, anyway, God bless Maybe. you, Saki, for making song one of theirs a completely different experience. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, I yeah, we, we're not uh, not super. Burnout is not burning up the charts for us. No, um, burnout is good. Burnout is good. Burnout is it's, good. It's not as it's not as good as Rusty. Correct. Uh, in almost most in in most ways in most. Uh, like from from artwork to lyrics to uh, song lyrical content, song structure, memorable songs, it just uh, burnout just doesn't have it where Rusty does. Agreed. Um, last time we didn't overlap on any of our top three. This time, two out of our top three are different, but we both had East on Tracks at number one. Uh, yes. So I would imagine 
that folks feel similarly, but let us know what you think at Magnified Pod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Subscribe to the pod if you haven't already and give us a rating or a review. We will read your Apple Podcast review on the pod. Email us at magnifiedpod at gmail.com. You can leave us a voicemail at 872-762-4763, 8727-MAGPOD. Become a Patreon punk on our aforementioned Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash magnifiedpod. Get some bonus content early episode. I mean, uh, get episodes early. We got some more Slick Shoes content coming that you're not going to get on the main feed so check that out uh you can pick up some merch some of that mm. new sweet season three merch Oof. over at magnifiedpod.storeenvy.com mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and uh you should definitely do that thanks to shadow producer jason at unoriginal vinyl and thanks to heavy ordnance studios for that dope artwork well our time in the penalty box is over for this week we'll be back out on the ice next week with slick shoes wake up screaming My fucking life is so miserable, bro! They say that everything happens for a reason, (laughs) but nothing on this earth can make the sorrow go away. (laughs) Sounds like a cartoon character. (laughs) Yeah, that is not what Ryan sounds like at all. Oh, boy. For more shows like this one, visit rockcandyrecordings.com.